the edge of the familiar, where your comfort zone ends and the unknown stretches before you. That's where greatness awaits. Are you ready to take that leap? This is the Risk Big Podcast with your host, Travis Fitzwater. Hey friends, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I've got with me as my guest today, Grant Baldwin, who is an entrepreneur, a public speaker, an author, and the father of three daughters, just like me. Really, really excited to have this conversation. A couple years ago, I learned of Grant's work and what he does as an entrepreneur through his podcast that I was referred to by another podcast I was listening to, and I was really interested in in the, the idea of public speaking. And so I listened to, I don't know, dozens of his episodes the uh, Speaker Lab podcast. You can find it on iTunes or anywhere you listen to podcasts, but the Speaker Lab podcast was an incredible resource. It's just free information on how to become a booked and paid public speaker. Really, really great content, but he is now running that uh, from his his home in Nashville. Um, He has a young family. Uh, He started from the ground up. He's got a great story about how he's become this this entrepreneur, how he grinds out what he what he does and uh, has been successful. He talks about the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, never knowing what's coming in financially and what what is uh, when you're going to knock it out of the park. He talks a little bit about those finances, but I'm really, really excited to talk to Grant Baldwin as he's got a great story. He's uh, again, got three daughters just like me. Uh, we uh, feel like very relatable. He likes to golf, which is which is nice too. But I had a great conversation with Grant, and I really look forward to you listening into that. And it's coming up. Um, but before then, I've got a a, a short uh, ditty here for you, and then we'll get started. Hey, friends! Welcome again to the Risk Big Podcast. I want to tell you really quickly before we get started with our podcast episode about a utility that I've used over the last couple of years that I've really, really enjoyed for its ability to connect me with others. And it's a it's a way for me to use my phone to send actual greeting cards in the mail directly to friends, families, connections, acquaintances, business partners, whoever. Uh, right from my right from my phone and completely custom cards. I can use my own handwriting. I can use my own signatures. I can put in photos from my very own phone. It's a really amazing utility. I do it all from my phone. It's an app that you can use, and I'd love to tell you all about it. All you have to do is um, send me your email at travis at fitzmedia.co. We'll put you on our our list, and we'll send you more details about it. If you're interested in being able to connect with people, sending literal greeting cards custom greeting cards directly to someone's mailbox or physical mailbox. It's an amazing tool that's helped me connect with others in, in some significant ways. And I would love to tell you more about it. So send us your email at Travis at fitzmedia.co. That's Travis at F I T Z M E D I A dot C O. And we will send you more information. So I'm here with Grant Baldwin, who is the founder of SpeakerLab.com, a famous public speaker across the nation. A really, really neat story. I'm really glad and excited to get to interview him today for the Risk Big Podcast. It's just really fun. A couple of years ago, I got into his podcast, just loved it. It was all this free content on how you can become a, a public speaker, and he, he's got all that at the SpeakerLab.com. You can find him online by searching just Grant Baldwin, but glad to have you on the show, Grant. Thanks for taking some time. Travis, totally my pleasure. I appreciate you letting me hang out with you. Yeah, this is great. So 
tell me how did how did you start in public speaking? I know, I mean, if you go to your website, you can see all this stuff. So uh, again, grantbaldwin.com or thespeakerlab.com, but kind of give us maybe a little bit of the background that you don't see on the website. Yeah. So long story short, I um, in high school, I was really involved in my local church and my youth pastor had a really big impact on my life and was just a phenomenal speaker. And I really resonated with him and clicked with him. And uh, I was like, I want to do that. That seems like a, a great gig. And uh, so then in college, uh, I actually worked for a guy who was a full-time speaker uh, and kind of got to see a little bit of the back end of how did he find and book gigs and um, helped with like logistics and contracts and uh, travel and that kind of thing. Um, and then actually after college was a youth pastor at a local church. So it gave me a lot of opportunities to speak, uh, weekly opportunities to speak. And so definitely got better uh, just with more reps. Uh, but it's one of those things that I, I just quickly found like, I, I really enjoy this. This is something I feel like I'm, I'm decent at and want to do more of. And it was a lot of fun. So uh, after I left that position, um, for a little while, I was just trying to figure out what, I, all right, what do I want to do with my life? And uh, the thing I kept coming back to was speaking, and so wanted to do more of it. So uh, we started uh, sort of figuring that world out and trying to understand how do you find and book gigs and, and who books speakers and how do you uh, what do you speak about and what do you charge and just the whole like the oftentimes for a lot of people like the, the whole speaking world just kind of this mysterious black box. And so um, so did that for several years and spoke at 50, 60, 70 events a year all over uh, North America. Really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun, um, but also had a lot of people who were asking me like, hey, Grant. I want to be a speaker. Um, how would I go about doing that? And some people who wanted to do it to the level I was doing it, where I was doing, you know, again, a, a whole bunch of events. And some people would ask and say, hey, I, you know, I got a full time gig or I've got something else going on, but I'd, I'd love to do, you know, maybe five gigs a year. And I just don't know how to find those five um, and everything in between. So, we started um, what today is now the Speaker Lab and have a couple different um, programs and trainings inside of that of just walking people through how to find a book gigs and how speaking can fit into someone's business. And um, so, yeah, that's a lot of what we do today. It's, it's, it's a great story. And I've loved kind of following it a little bit over the last couple of years. The, the, but how did you when you started how you were building you had a young family, you still have a young family. But you're you're starting out. How does you how does your wife adapt to this? And how does your family adapt to you? doing these gigs. I know, I think I, I heard an interview with Jane Atkinson that you did 70 gigs one year is probably your biggest year. That's a lot with travel. That's not just one day. That's multiple days. How did your family deal with that? How did you, how did you and your wife handle that? Yeah. Well, um, uh, it's one of those things that when it wasn't like you, you know, you, you, you start speaking on a Friday and by Monday you have a full slate of 70 gigs. So it's really kind of a, a gradual process. And I think it was just kind of, um, to some degree, like you, you just kind of figure it out as you go, you know? And, um, I, I think there's still times where my wife looks back and she's like, how did we, how did we do that? Why did we do that? That was crazy, you know? But, um, I think it was just a matter of like uh, of us being on the same page and working together. I'm very blessed that I have a, a phenomenal, phenomenal wife who um, is extremely supportive of whatever the random thing is I want to chase or pursue that week. And she uh, just kind of figured it out. And I think one of the other things that was helpful was – recognizing the the seasons of it. And I think everything in, in business and in life, there are seasons. And so if you're in the thick of something, it's always good, positive or negative, it's always good to ask yourself, is this a season or is this the way it is? Is this a season or is this the way it is? Meaning that um, if you're an accountant, tax time is going to be really, really busy. Is it going to be like that year round? Probably not. But for a couple months it, it, or even just a couple weeks, it, it's going to be a little chaotic, but it's not always like that. And it's the same thing was true for me with speaking for a lot of speakers. 
is it can be somewhat seasonal, meaning that spring and fall are typically busy. Uh, summer and winter are a little bit slower. Uh, so for example, like after, like after Thanksgiving, there's hardly anybody that's booking speakers for anything until, you know, like mid January. So there's about a, almost a two month stretch there where you might have a gig or two, but it's not much. Uh, and so there, there's that side of it too, of realizing, okay, there may be a three week stretch where I'm gone, a whole bunch of nights doing a whole bunch of gigs, but there may also come a stretch of three weeks where I'm home every single day. And so, uh, so there's that other side of it. The other thing too is, um, I think I had the, the, uh, I think something that, that helped a lot was I would, I would come home for a, from a gig and I would be able to be home. So it wasn't like, uh, like I have some friends who work in the, in the corporate world and they travel a decent amount. And when they come home from a trip, they got to turn around and be in the office the next day. So, for me, I think I had a, a bit of the luxury of because I was working for myself, because I was building this, I could come home from a trip and and if I was home for the next couple of days, I could be home instead of you know having to go to an office uh, or something like that. So that definitely made a difference as well. But I think it's just it's one of those things like um, uh, you you just figure it out as you go, you know, and you you adjust as you go. It kind of goes back to that you know, when's the perfect time to do anything? When's the perfect time to, to start a business or to quit your job or to move or to, you know, make any type of big life transition or start a family? Like there, there's never a perfect time. So was it the perfect time, uh, for us to start a, for us to start a business, for me to start traveling while well, we had, you know, young children and we were newly married? Maybe not, but I don't know that there's any perfect ideal time. Plus, you know, you don't want to just be waiting around for all the stars to align to the point that you never take any action on anything. So, um, yeah, it was like there were there like the the running joke was every time Dad would leave, like someone would get sick or something would happen, and you know, my wife would would call and be like, yeah, hey, such and such is puking, and I'm like, I'm I'm <laughs> three time zones away. I don't, yeah. you know, I I can't I can't help right now. Yeah, um, I completely get that. So it's 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 just you know it's kind of it's it's the trade off for sure. It's the the downside of being a speaker is that you you know you are gone and that you do travel a lot. Um, but as far as the adjustments goes, you just you, honestly you just kind of figure it out as you go. Sure, and and a follow up to that that I think is fascinating, and and I'd love to speak for you to speak into it is. What were some essential elements as you were starting this? What were some essential elements that maybe nobody knew about as you were starting that you would say are maybe uni universal truths in building a business that somebody else could be encouraged by or or that you'd say, listen, if you don't have this quality, you're not going to go very far. If you don't if you don't do this, if you don't decide to persist, what are some of those things that maybe you don't get to talk about that often that that really stand out at the beginning, especially? Yeah, especially in the beginning, I think that it's recognizing um there's the skill set of what it is that whatever the product or service is that you deliver, and then there's the skill set of 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 selling and marketing that thing. And I'll explain what I mean. Um, there's a, a really good book called The E Myth by Michael Gerber, and one of the things he talks about is the difference between um, being a. Uh, he talks about the analogy of of let's say someone's really good at baking bread, um, and he talks about being a baker and running a bakery are two totally different skill sets. Right. And just because someone's amazing at cooking doesn't necessarily mean that they should open a restaurant. And so I find that there's a lot of speakers who are amazing on stage and who are complete disasters whenever it comes to running the business. Or they just say, hey, I'm, I just want to be a really good speaker. And I just sit back and I hope that the phone rings. And there's some speakers that can get away with that, but most speakers cannot. And so one of the things that I, I, I felt like that I, um, that I did a good job with and that we teach our students today to do is that you have to be 
really diligent about finding gigs and reaching out and promoting and marketing yourself, which is can be uncomfortable for a lot of people. Right. But sitting back and like, well, I, you know, I hope someone magically finds me and I hope someone reaches out to me and like wishing, waiting, hoping that's not a strategy like that doesn't work. And so you have to be intentional about going out and um, and finding people who are looking for a speaker like you who are looking for what the solution is that you offer. Uh, and again, that's that's not exclusive to just speakers. That, that's for anything. So um, I was a couple days ago, my aunt and uncle were in town and my aunt is an amazing, um, uh, she, like pastry chef. Like she's amazing at cakes and cupcakes and, uh, that kind like desserts and, and just amazing at that. And so she said for a long time, she's like, she's wanted to, to open, um, you know, her own shop. And so one of the things we were talking about was, again, you may be the best pastry chef on the planet and that'll get you somewhere. Cause like, like having a really, really good product absolutely makes a difference. But if nobody knows you exist, then it doesn't matter. And so you have to be able to promote it and market it as well. And so um, that's the part I think a lot of people have a hard time with is like, I don't, you know, I don't want to promote, I don't want to market whatever my product or service is. I just want to, I just want to make my art and hope people find it. But like, if you, if you're serious about like, you want to eat and live indoors and make a business out of whatever that thing is, then you have to you have to treat this differently. You, you have to let people know that you exist. Otherwise, uh, you'll, you'll just kind of exist in a vacuum. And how, how did you at that beginning, especially how did you use relationships, maybe personal relationships, even, you, you know, obviously you had your wife there, I assume was, was, was encouraging you and your passion to be a public speaker. And then you kind of transitioned a little bit into teaching people how to do this. So maybe you're not out on the road 70, you know, for 70 gigs a year, maybe a lot less than that, a little bit more, um, you know, revenue coming in from the online stuff. But how did, how did relationships I've found just in the political game that I play, um, relationships make the world go round. But how do you like, do you have a group of friends that you lean on for advice and kind of bounce things off of? Or do you have you kind of just um, done this? You haven't done it on your own, obviously, you have your wife, but what, what do relationships look like in the midst of, of moving your business forward? Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll answer it a couple different ways. So from like the, uh, from the customer side of it, um, you building any type of business and especially something like speaking, it's a very long term. You have to take a very long term approach to that. So it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like if you're my, my middle daughter was planting a garden recently and she can stick seeds in the ground, but you may not see anything from those seeds for weeks or months. Now that doesn't mean nothing's happening. Uh, you just can't see it. And so the same thing is true with, with speaking or any type of like service-based business where a lot of it is a relationship business. And the reality is, is that relationships, um, matter, but relationships take time. And so it's not, it's not always just a, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to uh, get in, book the gig, get out and, and move on. Uh, sometimes it just, it takes a while to build rapport, build connection with a potential client that may, you know, turn into something. So having a long-term perspective on the business and knowing that it's something that's going to take time uh, because relationship takes time, um, absolutely helps. Another thing I would say would be, um, you kind of alluded to, uh, like having colleagues or peers in, you know, in your world. So I, I would say this, like, uh, being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart. Uh, like there are, there are days where you're just like, Oh man, like business is good. Like we're crushing it. All is well. And days you're like, what the heck am I doing? Like, this is not going well. And I don't know why. Uh, and so it's really, really important to surround yourself with others who understand that and get that. So, um, my wife is, is absolutely like my biggest fan and biggest cheerleader and supporter. 
but she's not at all involved in the day to day of our business. Like she can tell you big picture, high level what we do, but she like she wouldn't have any idea what we're doing on the on a day to day basis. Nor does she have any desire to. And that's that's totally fine. So I have um uh I have a, a small mastermind of four other guys that I'm really close with, um all who do similar things, but in other industries and spaces. Um and so we talk on a daily basis, just comparing notes of hey, here's what's working, here's what's not working. We're talking strategy, um, but then we're also just talking like big picture life because uh, it's important to us that we're you know successful entrepreneurs, but it's also really important that we are you know good husbands and good fathers and and good good decent human beings and so um so for example at the time of this recording uh two days ago we spent a full day um everybody came to town and we met for a full day uh of just kind of of brainstorm and talking shop and talking life and we spent a lot of time uh not necessarily talking like hey here's the latest business strategy that's working but just talking about how can we continue to be better husbands and be better fathers and how do we continue to balance um, you know, uh, our, our, our ambitions of, of work and what it is that we want to do with our businesses and companies, but also, you know, um, uh, uh, not like, you know, over, overdoing it or overkilling ourselves or anything like that. So, um, so having, just having people in your, in your corner absolutely matters that you can, you know, you can go on the journey with. Yeah, this is, this is a fascinating topic. I'm glad you kind of got to it. Uh, and it's going to lead into my next question about a, a speech that you gave that you've got on your uh, YouTube account. But before we get there, I think the topic of relationship, especially for men, is interesting in our society. Because I think we have, we've grown up in a society where we haven't really been taught how to have, you know, to, to have decent relationships with other men, like what friendship looks like, how to, how to, be honest about where we are, which is okay, you know, and yeah. how to, how to really allow others to help carry the load of the world, which is heavy many, many times often. And, yeah. um, I think that's so crucial. It's actually led me to, to, to draw up an outline of a book. I'd like to, I'd like to write about, um, relationships and, and men becoming better at them. But I think our society sorely lacks men that can, that can relate. And it's a social media thing. You know, you can blame it on a million different things. When I look at when I look at my dad, who I love dearly and I work with, um, you know, he he doesn't necessarily have dear friends. You know, he's got a lot of acquaintances, but he doesn't he he doesn't necessarily have those close friends. Um, And I think I think that's something our society misses. And it's for it's it's for important reasons like having some people to lean on when you're dealing with marriage issues or you're dealing with life issues or kid issues or things that go well beyond what you do. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, um, uh, and I think that's one of the things that, that why, you know, myself and these other guys click well and resonate well is, um, you know, we're in a similar boat in terms of stage of life and entrepreneurship and what we're trying to, you know, build and accomplish. Um, Another thing I would say would be like we've all known each other for a long time, too. And so we all have kind of uh, all of our businesses have kind of come up and evolved and and grown together. So these are not, you know, a group of strangers that, you know, we just kind of randomly met up once. And um, but something that's taken time and built real deep friendships Um, and people that, you know, I consider my, you know, my my closest allies and closest friends. And so, um, yeah, entrepreneurship, but not just entrepreneurship, but just life in general. Like it, you, I'm a pretty, um, I'm a pretty introverted guy. And so I'm completely actually fine to, you know, be home and, and head down on the office working. Um, but I also know that, uh, like it's important to, to surround myself with other people who are, um, 
uh, you know, who are building something, who are also, uh, who are successful as entrepreneurs, but also just, again, it's a, it's a high priority for them to be, you know, uh, successful, uh, husbands and fathers, like those things really, really matter. So being around that, um, absolutely, you know, rubs off on you. Yeah. I, I think that's such a great point. And it leads into my, my next question on, on your YouTube account, which I, I love the new stuff that you're doing, but you have a couple of, uh, year years old demo videos and one of them, uh, probably the most recent, I assume the most recent demo video that you have online on your YouTube account. Um, you mentioned in that video that you, who you are is more important than what you do. Yeah. And I just think that's just a tremendous statement. And I'd love for you to expound on that just a little bit, because I think it's crucial, especially for um, professionals in our day and age. I think you can get easily get wrapped up in the identity of what you're doing as being uh, the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's I mean, it definitely um, ties into a lot of what we've we've talked about here that, um, you know, if we are successful, you know, entrepreneurs or politicians or um, uh, uh, corporate employees or we climb the corporate ladder, we, we check all the boxes and we have the big bank account or big house or car or, or whatever that aspiration is. But we do all of those at the detriment of, um, you know, if we if we have a, a crappy relationship with our, our spouse or if, our, if we have zero relationship with our kids or we're just a shell of a human being or physically we're out of shape and falling apart, like like we were doing it wrong. Like what's the, what's the point of that? Yeah, so, yeah. um, if, if I can, if I make a difference in all these other people's lives, um, and I'm, I'm successful as an entrepreneur or speaker or whatever, but my, my daughters are like, I, you know, I didn't really have a relationship with my dad. He was just always gone or always helping someone else, but never really hung out with me. Like I have failed miserably. So, you know, my wife, my wife had a choice. Like she could have, she could have backed out long before she made the commitment. And, but now she's stuck with me, but my daughters <laughs> didn't get a vote. Like they didn't, they just kind of, you know, they come into the world like, okay, you're the guy, I guess we're, you know, we, we're stuck with you now. So I, I want to make sure that I am an absolute phenomenal father to them. Um, and I can, I can, I think I can have my cake and eat it too. Meaning that I can, um, be a phenomenal husband and be a phenomenal father and also be a phenomenal entrepreneur. I don't think it's necessarily like an, an either or. Yeah, I, that's that's a really good that's a really good point, and and I would love to just follow up with a, maybe maybe a personal thought. But how do your daughters deal with you in this in this role? Obviously, you have some some flexibility that others, and you mentioned that that others don't have when you are home. But how how uh, how does your family deal with the the profession that you're in? Um, yeah, I mean the, the professional, I mean, has definitely evolved. So like when they were all real little, um, they're now, let's see, 13, 10 and eight. And so, um, they, uh, when I, when they were all real young is when I was, when I was really traveling a lot. So, yeah. um, I mean, we can definitely stay involved and, and stay connected, meaning that like we're FaceTiming constantly or texting constantly or, you know, calling and checking in constantly and those type of things. We'd also like, we would bring them, um, on trips from time to time. So if I was going somewhere, you know, fun and sunny, then they'd like to tag along. And if I was going to North Dakota in December, then I was typically on my own. Um, so that was one thing that definitely helped. And I think part of it, like they grew up not knowing any different, you know, so it wasn't, again, wasn't like this, um, you know, they're halfway into, uh, life at home with dad and all of a sudden he's, he was here all the time and now he's gone all the time. In fact, it's, it's kind of been the opposite where initially I was gone quite a bit and now uh, I still speak some, but not nearly as much as I used to. And so, um, so actually today, um, I, I work from home. I've been self-employed for I think 13 years now. Uh, my, I work out of the house and we homeschool the girls. My wife does 99% of that. Uh, and so as it says today, we are all home 
together all the time. And on one hand, you're like, oh, that's so cool. And on the other hand, you're like, no, 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 you didn't hear me correctly. Like, we're all together all the time. Yeah, my wife homeschools our our daughters too. Yeah, so you need some, like, there's certainly pros to it. Like, well, you know, now that we've hit, at the time this recording, we're hitting summertime and everybody's planning summer vacations and that kind of stuff. Like, we we like to travel, we like to do trips and have experiences, and we try to do those when everybody else is in school. And so... Um, so we just, you know, we have a lot of, uh, freedom and flexibility with life. Um, and so even though like I, I work from home and I work a lot, um, and I really enjoy what I do, I also spend a lot of time hanging out with my family and have a lot of freedom and flexibility. So right before we started, you know, this call, um, you know, pop out and say, Hey to the girls and see how everybody's doing and kind of, everybody kind of comes and goes. And, um, so I think that, that from that standpoint, it's, it's definitely a lifestyle that we have chosen, um, and been very intentional about, to uh, to have the amount of time together that we have. That's, that's terrific for many different reasons. But when, when you write the book on how to raise three daughters, if you could just let me know so I can buy as many copies <laughs> as possible, that'd be really none of helpful. us, none of us know what we're doing. <laughs> I, I think yeah. there's, um, yeah. and then, you know what, this is a, this isn't uh, true with, with, this, with just parenting. Um, but with entrepreneurship, with any part of life, like we are all making it up as we go. And I am absolutely no different than that. Like there, there's entrepreneurs I talk to all the time. Um, and we're all just like, we're just figuring it out as we go. And parenting, parenting boys, parenting girls is absolutely the same thing. And so, you know, you and I have a collection of girls that we've been blessed with and absolutely love it. And there's days you're like, man, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a pretty good dad. And days you're like, man, I, I think we screwed something up along the way and I don't know what it is and I hope it all works out. Okay. Uh, and, and again, every day in between. So, uh, it's, that's part of it is you, you know, you're doing the best you can and figuring it out as you go. Yeah. So changing directions a little bit and, and I will just go for another couple minutes cause I know you're, you're short on time, but the, as far as when you were starting mentally, what did it take for you to really kind of persist? Uh, you know, I know you, you basically said you commit, you committed to it. You knew you wanted to do it. And so you really fought for it. But mentally, like, how do you how do you go through those uh, times? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Um, in fact, when we were, you know, when we were meeting a couple of days ago, this uh, this little mastermind group uh, of guys and I, that's one of the things that we talked about is um, just having a real long term perspective and just sticking with it. Like there's just there's so many people that are trying to start a business or trying to do, uh, you know, trying to start something. Um, and it's not even necessarily just from a, a, a business or professional side, but it could be, you know, I, you're trying to eat clean or you're trying to lose weight and exercise more, or you're trying to, you know, build a relationship or connection with, with some person. Um, and, and we just don't, if we don't see the results overnight, like it just, it, it's so much simpler just to throw in the towel and quit. And so I think that, if for me personally, if I've had any level of success, it's, it's because we've just been like head down and focus and not chasing shiny objects and like sticking with something long term. And there's plenty of people I've seen who in the speaking world, who either teach speaking or who are speakers who just come and go. Um, and so I get it, like in the same point that there are certainly things that have come across my radar in life that I've been like interested in or fascinated by that I've just never really stuck with and never really pursued. But the, 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 I think the understanding then is you can't expect someone else's results if you're not willing to do the same work. Meaning that, um, if I'm just like kicking the tires of, um, I was trying to think of a good example. Okay. Here's an example. So, um, 
uh, I, I like playing golf. Golf's a lot of fun for me, but I don't do it a ton, and I rarely go to the driving range. What's I just your like handicap? To go, is, but what's uh, your handicap? Do you know your not, handicap? I don't. Like that, that would be it. Not good. <laughs> um, and so, okay, so it sounds, you're Sorry asking a question, you so I'm assuming right. you're a decent. You're a decent golfer. I I love golf. Yeah. Okay, so if I'm looking at if you and I go out and play, and you're just crushing me, and you're out driving me, you're dropping putts left and right, you're birdie, 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 par, 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 and I'm just bogey, double, bogey, double, double, and it's just it's a disaster. Like I can't be mad that you're better if you've put in the work that I haven't put in. And so one of the things that we talk with speakers about is, um, are you um, are you interested or committed? Are you interested or I'm interested in golf, you know, but I'm not super committed to it. So I can't be ticked off that I don't have the same results as you if you're way more committed and all in on it. Um, and you've put in the work and practice versus I'm just kind of like, eh, I just like to play from time to time. It's kind of fun, you know. Um, and so just I think having that long term perspective of, OK, if I want to get better or if I want to improve or if I want um if I want my business to grow, then I have to be committed to it. And it's, it's, it's a very different approach than eh, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of interested in it, you know? And so being, um, you know, being self-employed allows you a lot of freedom and flexibility, but I still like, I get up and I'm in the office by usually seven thirty every day and I, I have my head down, I'm, I'm working. So, um, again, even though I, I can come and go and there's certainly times that I, I take that Liberty, like I also, I, I take this very seriously. This is how we make a living. And so I have to be more than just kind of like, well, this would be kind of, let's play business today or let's play speaker today or you know, anything like that. Like, no, no, like I, I have to, um, I have to have a level of commitment to, to this that, uh, is going to produce the kind of results and the outcome that ultimately I'm, I'm, I'm going for. Yeah, and the intent of this podcast is really I want people to to do what they're passionate about. If that means starting a business then then do it, but you have to kind of know once you're getting into it, you've got to commit to it. You can't just sit on your hands. You can't expect it just to come to you. It's a, it's a grind. Um and I would say that there's probably many people out there that say, "Oh, if you can be a public speaker, you know, you if you're good enough, people just come to you and give you however many thousands of dollars and you just make it, um, without, without necessarily a lot of work. You just need a couple gigs to prove yourself. And I, I think it's almost any, any path you go down. If you're passionate about it, you got to let your passion kind of move you, um, move you in the direction of, of persisting and having, having that mentality that you've, you, uh, you can't give up first of all, but I think it's, it's just crucial that you, you keep moving forward. Um, and I, I think it's a great piece of your story is, is you're starting out and, um, 13 years ago or whenever it was, and you're starting a family and you're, you know, you're just all in, you're like, this is the dream. I want to do this. And, um, there's, there's no turning back at that point. And I, I heard another podcast interview and it may have been with Jane Atkinson the other day when I listened to it. Um, but you mentioned that you were doing three other jobs too, before you were, it wasn't just like, it just came to you. You right, were working right. a handful of jobs and you were like, but I've got to do this because this is where my heart is. And, um, and I, I thought that was tremendous. Yeah. I'll, and I'll give a, a, a quick anecdote of, of something I think I've shared before, but, um, I remember a couple of years ago, I live here in Nashville and, and, um, was at like an entrepreneur's breakfast or something like that. And, um, there's a, a, a guy that I know that was there who had been working on like his, his side hustle for a little while and his, 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 um, uh, trying to start, get this business off the ground and, and been working a full-time job as well. 
And so he had just quit the full-time job the week before, and this was his first week of like full-time, all-in, self-employed entrepreneurship land. And and I said, man, it's your first week. How you feeling? And he said, man, I'm, I'm excited and I'm scared <laughs> and I'm nervous and I'm anxious and just like the wide range of emotions, right? And, and I told him, I was like, I've been I've been self-employed for a long time now, and that doesn't go away. Like this this particular week, um, this particular month, actually, this has been the best month in our company's history. Um, but a couple of months ago was one of the slowest months that we've had. And it just like, man, I wish it was just like, man, it's just all gravy every single day. (laughs) It's just smooth sailing. It's just not, you know, like some days you kill it and some days you don't. And a lot of those times you don't necessarily know why this particular, like yesterday at the time of this recording, yesterday was an amazing day for uh, our business. Today's been really, really slow. Um, I, I don't know. Um, and so maybe tomorrow will be somewhere in the middle. Who, who knows? You know? So I think just, um, being able to like mentally balance that and, um, like the, the, the mental game of entrepreneurship is like, is just as important, um, as any type of tactic or strategy. Oh, I guess it's so true. The last question I'll have for you, um, before I, I let you go here is maybe actually I may have one other one, but it's really surfacey, but what advice would you give? And I, I try to ask everybody this in the podcast, what advice would you give to somebody who wants to pursue their passion, whatever it would be, um, as an entrepreneur or whatever field they, they take up, what would be some advice you'd give to them? Yeah, I think one of the best things you can do is look for someone who's doing something similar to what you want to do and doing it in a way that you want to do it. Okay, and let me break that down. Um, One would be to look for someone who's doing something similar, but also like close to where you're at. Not necessarily geographically, although that can certainly help. But if I said, if I was a brand new speaker, I'd done, you know, I spoke a couple of times and decided, all right, I want to do this professionally. Um, And then I'm like, I'm looking for some uh, models or examples or people I can learn from. I'm like, okay, let's see who all is out there. Um, well, Tony Robbins, he's a speaker. What, what's Tony up to these days? I'll just do what he does. Like, well, what Tony is doing is is very, very different than what you would do whenever you're getting started. You know, so you you have to factor in like, okay, he's he's doing something that he's been doing for. 30 plus years and he's just in a different league than where most speakers are at. So you have to look for someone who is a step or two ahead of you to of what it is that they're doing and where it is that they're at. So that's one thing. The other thing I would say would be to look for someone who's doing it in a way that you want to do it. Meaning that whenever I got started, I was a, a former youth pastor. And uh, so I got my start speaking to a lot at a lot of um, high school and college events, a lot of education events. And so I met a couple of speakers who were speaking at the same type of events who are a step or two ahead of me. And so I could have connected with some people who were, uh, you know, more um, uh, just public speakers in general, professional speakers in general, but maybe speaking to different audiences, but finding someone who's doing doing something similar, um, someone that I resonate with and clicked with that, uh, similar stuff of what we've covered so far that I wanted to learn from, not just because of who they were quote unquote on stage and what their business looked like, but I also just like, they were a a good human being. Like they were good. Um, uh, they were a good husband or a good father or good, you know, uh, just a good person. Like paying attention to those things mattered as well. So I think one of the best things you can do is is find someone who, again, is doing something that you want to do and doing it in a way that you want to do it, who's a step or two ahead of you that you don't have to necessarily uh, be a copycat of, but you can uh, you can model and learn from and figure out what's working for them and why is that working for them and how would that look in my business and how can I apply that to what I'm trying to do and trying to accomplish. And um, I think just having some examples of people who are a step or two ahead of you in any area of life can make a big, big difference. 
Yeah. And many years ago, somebody told me that it's important to have people that are older than you, people that are your age and people that are younger than you in your life that you can invest in, be invested in, buy and walk with. And yeah, I think that's totally. a really, uh, really important piece, especially as you're going to something you're passionate about. It's that those are some great thoughts. Well, Grant, thank you so much for the time. The last thing I'll say is I'm really, really excited that you're a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Another YouTube video you have on there is you reacting to David Freeze's home run, Game 6, <laughs> 2011. Yes, we went sir. on to win Game 7. We're all here in Missouri. We're all big fans of that. So um, I was at Game 7. Were so, you? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Of, course, of course you so were. That's, part, that's, of, awesome. that's part of why I was so excited. Was um, So, okay, crazy story. So for those who are Cardinal fans who are listening, you'll remember the 2011 series where, I don't know if you remember, early in the series, there was a one of the games was rained out and so pushed everything back a day. So originally, I had tickets with my dad to go. My dad's a huge Cardinals fan and, and would go to a bunch of games. And so um, he had tickets to all the home games for that series and um so i was going to go with him to game six and ended up when they got pushed back the guy he was going to go with to game seven if there was a game seven couldn't go and so he had to go to game six so i ended up going to game seven so part of my reaction uh to that video was um <laughs> a it was like an amazing amazing oh game my gosh. But it, especially if you're, as a cardinal one of the fan, greatest games ever uh, uh totally totally but but the other part of it was like I, I'm going to game seven. Like there's going to be game seven. <laughs> Purely selfish. To- okay. So that makes, yeah. that may, you know, that gives a little more context to the video too. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It was, that was a, that was a, a anytime uh, cards are in uh, October baseball, it's fun. Yeah, that's, well, that's great. Grant, thanks again for, for taking the time. Grant Baldwin with the speaker lab.com. You can find him at grantbaldwin.com. He's on Twitter. Just search Grant Baldwin. Uh, he's got a YouTube channel that I think is phenomenal. A lot of his stuff is just good information. If you're interested in public speaking at all and you want training, he has so much free stuff, but then he has courses. Uh, he has he has a podcast that uh, that's how I found out about Grant myself. I've listened to dozens and dozens of his episodes. It's just great content. And Grant, I'm just so thankful for this time. Travis, I appreciate it, man. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was good. 